0: Actually,
1: we All right. Well, hey, guys. Welcome to Theology for You and our new uh, setup, venue, whatever you want to call it, uh, here on uh, YouTube. Uh, so welcome. Glad you guys are here. I'm excited about uh, where we're heading, where we're going. I'm excited tonight to introduce uh, Chris Jones uh, to the Theology for You world. He's been already blogging for us and doing a fantastic job. Uh, If you haven't read any of the posts yet, you owe it to yourself to go do it, theologyforyou.com. He's uh, written a few book reviews, uh, books that you honestly need to go read, especially if you're in ministry, did the uh, Zeal Without Burnout, and then just for all Christians, a book by John Piper talking about living in the light of uh, money, sex, and power. Both very good reviews. (laughs) <laughs> written a couple of blogs as well on studying God's word delighting in God's word meditating on God's word so we're excited to have chris um joining us uh, this is a team effort so
0: chris welcome man hey thank you you've been all right it, it's been pretty good um it rained it's been raining all day seems like so it's yeah, been it, it it did it did here too Yeah, so it's been chill just hanging out with the family, um, teacher life. So I didn't have to work today. Start that back up next week. All
1: right. Awesome, man. Well, um, we're just going to learn about Chris tonight. That's kind of the goal of uh, this video. Uh, So, Chris, just kind of start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you uh, serve uh, ministry wise, and uh, we'll drive the conversation from there.
0: Okay. Um, My name's Chris Jones. And I am 27 years old, live in Bergen, Kentucky. It's a very small town. You could actually miss it um, if you're driving in the Lexington, Kentucky area, um, Danville area. You could actually drive past it. Um, I serve at Shawnee Run Baptist Church, which is also in Bergen. Um, We moved here to be closer to our home church. Uh, We became members, I guess it's been a little over a year ago. And um, I serve um, not in an official, I guess, um, position, but I am a lay preacher, and so I preach on some Sundays, and then I lead um, Sunday school in a small group there. Um, we actually lead a small group from our home. Our wife was, my wife was very interested in uh, just hosting a small group, and we we have been part of uh, churches that do community groups for the past few years, and I've got two little girls. You'll probably hear them screaming. Um, That's all right, man. You'll hear mine too, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, you... Um, Victoria actually delivered our youngest one and then we had our help deliver and then we also had a doula for our oldest daughter who's two years old so we're blessed to have those little girls too awesome man. then you're also working on
1: your counseling certification right Is that still going on
0: yes and um, actually I did not mention my wife Kim um, and actually my counseling stuff has been on marriage this week so I'm doing that, while i not mentioning my wife, but yes, um, <clears throat> ACBC, I'm actually, I guess, wrapping up the 10 weeks of the online training course. I started that in July, and I think this was the first time they did it, but it's, it's been a tremendous blessing. Awesome. Well, I'm,
1: I'm glad you're doing that. I look forward to hopefully starting that soon as well. So <coughs> Awesome, man. Tell us a little bit about um, just how you became a Christian, what that looked like in your life. God work to bring you to himself
0: well uh, my story is either very similar to people in this area or it's very different I, I grew up in a, a Christian home I memorized a lot of scripture as a kid uh, 23rd Psalm um, different different scriptures like that I watched videos about the Bible as a kid I was in Sunday school I got baptized when I was about six or seven years old And so I thought I was a Christian this whole time, Um, and then my my grandmother passed away, and some some stuff happened at our church, and so I I ended up not going to church for several years. And I guess it was in freshman or or eighth grade I started really kind of searching for God, and it was through Christian hip hop. Um, I guess this was back when Cross Movement was pretty big. This was pre Lecrae, for from what I know, and. I listened to it for a little while, went through a spurt where I actually did some Christian rap, but then the world kind of choked that out. Um, I didn't, I just It just wasn't cool to be a Christian. I couldn't gain anything from it. I was an athlete and a scholar uh, as far as grades went, and uh, I wasn't worried about God. And then all of a sudden, around uh, 17 years old in 2006, um, I got this, this anger in me, uh, anger towards hip-hop and towards just the way that um, – I guess the black culture had been painting itself in, in the media and so then I got a hold to some positive vibe hip-hop um, and actually a little bit of some some racist um, I guess overtones with some Malcolm X speeches and um, dead presidents and those guys who were kind of fighting against um, I guess injustice and racism and then all of a sudden um, I get to senior year of high school and they merged my city school with the county school and a guy gives me a Lecrae CD and I'm listening to Lecrae and I'm already in this like positive mindset. And so then after I hear the Lecrae album, I think, wow, this is awesome. This is good rap music and it's got a message about Jesus and I like it. And I remember just thinking I'm a young black guy with no positive role models my age or anywhere near my age who are Christian. And Lecrae was that that role model that I needed. And so I started listening to that every day, I mean, just constantly. And then I went home and I would just read the red letters in my Bible, which just happened to be Matthew. And over, a, I guess, a couple of weeks, um, I ended up getting saved. And so, I mean, it was probably a month where I would just read every night and then I would pray at the foot of my bed. I mean, that's the only thing I knew to do was to cry out to God, because I didn't know <laughs> Uh, whether I was a Christian or not, and I knew, well, I knew I wasn't a Christian before then, but then it was like, oh, I, I want to be a Christian, but I don't know any other way besides to do this, and so then um, I ended up getting saved, I guess, at, at 17 years old, so back in 2006, just through a series of, of events, but it all started with my parents sowing gospel seeds at home and my grandmother and um, just growing up in church. Do you
1: remember any of the uh, videos you watched as a
0: kid? Um, it was a cartoon of of Genesis the creation uh-huh. account, and Adam and Eve and okay. I just remember it had this weird scary snake on it I mean it was <laughs> weird I didn't like that um, yeah. and then yeah. I remember I watched this Jack Van Empey video um, called the revelation or something and um, the people vanished and their clothes were on the ground and there's a virtual reality and the Antichrist was a guy named Macaluso it was the, the weirdest stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: You can't go wrong with Jack Van I mean, let's be yeah. honest. you know. <laughs> awesome. So uh, hip-hop has obviously, from what you've just said, been an influence in your life. And you're also a Christian uh, hip-hop artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of good stuff. My favorite of yours is The Scriptures. Okay. All right. Um, based on the 1689 Confession and... For those of you who are watching this if you haven't read that confession go read it and you can go find chris's uh that's right there yeah mine's, mine's around here somewhere it's just not within arm's reach that and i've been working out my arms are sore so i couldn't do it anyway. so yeah um yeah working working out push-ups <laughs> i dying uh but anyway the, the song based on the scripture so how, how did you get um into christian hip-hop how did that start
0: um, similar to my testimony, I uh, grew up listening to rap my entire life. I don't remember a time where I didn't listen to rap. Actually, when I was a kid, I had a little uh, tape player that had a microphone attached to it, and I would just rap MC Hammer all day, every day. I can't touch this. And so then growing up, I was always into hip-hop. Like I said, I kind of hit that little phase where I was into Christian hip-hop for like probably six months. I mean, it was I was listening to uh, – uh, T Bone Gospel Gangsters, a little bit of uh, Hazakim, some Cross Movement, anything I could find on, um, I guess it was uh, Kazaa or Napster, one of those free downloads. Oh, okay, yeah. Like and so there wasn't a lot on there, but what I could find, I would just download and listen. Um, but then, I guess like, I mean, my friend handed me a, a Christian rap CD, and um, I've been, I've been rapping. I mean, I've rapped since 2001. Uh, my dad bought this program, Fruity Loops, which I still use. Uh, It's actually, it was FL Studio 3 back then. Now it's FL 12. So, I mean, it's gone through a lot of um, just different phases. But I've been making music since then. And even before then, I was rapping on a a camcorder with karaoke machine. So uh, once I got saved, it only made sense. And and what's crazy, though, is the guy that gave me the CD, I would claim to be a Christian. I was in FCA. I would pray. And he said, well, if you're a Christian, why don't you rap about Christ? And I had no answer. I was kind of dumbfounded. And so then once I heard Lecrae, uh, immediately, I mean, it was a drastic change. I threw out most of my secular CDs, and I just immediately started doing Christian hip-hop. If you listen to my early music, which I don't have online, but I have CDs, um, you can definitely tell that I was a young, immature believer. I knew enough to be saved, but I wasn't well-steeped in theology. And so a lot of what I said was just shallow, just basic stuff. But at the same time, it was a, a move in into the direction that I'm in now.
1: Awesome. So um, shifting focus just a little bit since this is called theology for you. We'll talk a little bit about uh, theology. Um, how, what role does theology play in the Christian life?
0: Uh, for me, um, I, theology is everything. and when I say that, don't don't misunderstand me. Um, theology means the study of God or the uh, and it means to understand God and so uh, I think it was R.C. Sproul who said everyone is a theologian and so we all have concepts of who God is we all have an idea of who God is it's just a matter of whether it's right or wrong and so when I look back on my entire life even before I was a believer I had a concept of God but my concept was completely wrong and Once I got saved, what I realized was, okay, now there's there's a God, but he has revealed himself in Jesus and he saves me through Christ. But it wasn't until um, actually through more Christian hip hop that I really came to appreciate theology. My first I guess my first interaction was Lecrae, but then moving on from there was Flame. And so Flame was very, very theological, did a song about exegesis, did music about. The heart and how it was deceitful and wicked. Did songs about election predestination. You well, know, that introduced me to Shy Lynn, and that introduced me to Timothy Brindle and Lamp Mode, and that introduced me to Jason. And so, as I as I go throughout my walk, I'm starting to listen to the truth. I'm starting to listen to Cross Movement, and these guys are theologically heavy. Uh, Ambassador's album uh, Christology. I had no idea what Christology meant, but I knew I liked what I heard, uh, and. Uh, the, the thesis was all, I mean, just theological rap. And so for me, theology was embedded into my spiritual walk before I knew what theology was or or what it meant, because I was just listening to it and I was ingrained in it. And so um, you talk about sound doctrine. Um, you talk about knowing just various attributes of God. I, I learned most of it through Christian hip hop. And so it's, it's kind of awesome how that happened
1: this is a bit of a rabbit trail and I didn't uh, tell you about this, but um, probably probably two things. First off, um let's just stick with the music. <clears throat> I think you just, and this, I, I asked this because this is stuff I'm thinking about as a uh, music minister or worship pastor, if you want to use the uh, new cool term for it. <laughs> um, just the power of music. Like you just said, you basically learned your theology through music. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how does that correlate for you when you're actually doing your hip hop, that you learned your theology through this music? And so how does that apply in what you actually do in your practice?
0: Um, Honestly, the way I look at music is it is a medium for theology. It's a medium for the gospel. And so for me, you'll hear – what you'll hear is um, you'll hear what's going on in my life so what am I struggling with what am I seeing going on maybe in current events or society or what am I struggling with inwardly but what you're also gonna see is how does the Bible speak to that or how does scripture speak to that and I, I have to admit I've grown in that over the years um, as a young man getting saved at 17 I had a lot of growing up to do but um, with Christian hip-hop you've kind of got uh You've got a spectrum. You've got guys who only want to rap about life. and You've got guys that only want to rap about theology and then everywhere in between. And so when I first started, I really wanted to just rap about life because that's all I knew. Well, as I've developed in my walk with God and as I've developed theology, as I've seen Christian hip hop in its um, various shades and colors, and as I've learned and grown and been Im- impacted by Christian hip hop, I've moved toward the theological side. Because um, number one, there are young believers who need to hear to hear good theology, like myself. Uh, and then number two, not everything that is geared to the church is bad for unbelievers. Um, because if if we're talking the character of God, if we're talking the the plan of salvation, and the non-believer hears that, that might be what they need to understand something that they that God's been moving working on in them. But also I'm I'm also rapping to teach the church good theology. And so, for instance, that song about the scriptures, I wanted I'm, I'm battling with people who don't like expository preaching. And that's what that's what spurred the song was, OK, these people are against expository preaching because they don't value the word enough. So let me write a song about the word and how important the word is. And so, I mean, again, it's real life, but also theology should impact all of life. And so I kind of have a, a both end view on that. Awesome. So, and the
1: second follow-up question would be, uh, you mentioned R.C. Sproul, he said everyone's a theologian. Uh, how, how, if Christians viewed themselves that way, instead of a theologian being someone like an R.C. Sproul, <coughs> Albert Moeller, um, John MacArthur, you, you name it. If Christians actually viewed themselves that way, and that it's not an academic discipline, what kind of difference
0: do you think it would make? I think it would change our lives. Um, And I guess this, this ACBC training has helped me see that. Um, Heath Lambert's book, I think it's called Introduction to Biblical Counseling, is a systematic theology that show knowing these things about God will actually impact counseling in real life situations. And so for me, it's like, Okay, if I can know the sovereignty of God and his election and his um and his predestining grace, then when I'm struggling in my faith or when I feel like God doesn't love me, I can go straight to those scriptures. Well, in love, he predestined me. And so before the foundation of the world, God already loved me. So why would he not love me in this moment? And so if I'm viewing God the way the scripture paints God, then I can fight that sin, I can fight that doubt, that temptation. But If how if I view the scripture the way Satan tells me or the way the world tells me, then, yeah, God's mad at me. I need to pick myself up by my bootstraps. I need to earn his love today. So I need to try harder in my own strength. And so, I mean, you see all these these different doctrines. You see these these pictures of God. You see his love and his grace and his mercy. But is that all it is to you is just, oh, I got in by those things. Now I've got to keep myself. Or is it I got in because God is loving, God is merciful, God is gracious, and he's going to continue to be. And so the the various attributes, the various concepts, um, wrath, justice, all those things matter even after we get saved. And they they have to matter. And so um, from, from day one to day infinity, theology is going to be important. And we need to strive to view God as he really is and not as we or the world or Satan paints it. <clears throat> Amen.
1: Awesome, man. So you're going to be blogging about uh, some of this, I know, in the coming weeks. Um, but thinking about everyone's a theologian. Uh, our theology is basically what we think about God and for the Christian that comes from the scriptures. Um, what role does our theology, thinking theologically play with uh current events whether that be what we've seen in our country over the past couple of weeks even a presidential election uh how do how does theology intersect with things like that um, the day-to-day news stories that we seem to be inundated with
0: um so i mean we'll just let's just talk about we'll talk about two current events so number one we'll we'll talk about the the racism that's going on or the the injustice i, I don't want to call it racism cuz but just the racial strife that's going on in our country. Um, when we look at, at the scriptures as an answer to this, Lord, what do we do? Um, how do we respond to this? We have two choices. We can say, okay, God, I'm going to respond to this in the what I think is right. Or we can say, God, I want to go to your word and see how to respond to this. And so, for instance, okay, two, I wake up in the morning and a black guy is shot by a cop in the chest five times. It looks really bad. Later on, a guy gets shot in the arm four times, looks really bad, looks like it's injustice, it's racial. So what goes through my mind is, okay, this hurts really bad. Like it, I was like sad about that, like almost depressed even. I don't know how to explain it, but just like my stomach was hurting. I mean, I just never had seen those kind of videos the way I saw them. And so it's like, well, what does, what would God say about this? Or what does the scripture say? And I, I start praying and I start thinking a little bit and Romans 13 comes to mind and I'll I'll keep it brief, but do not overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so whether it's racism or whether it's injustice, I know that my response can't be, okay, let me retaliate against the cops or let me retaliate against white people because the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says don't overcome evil with evil and then also don't show partiality and love your enemy love your brothers and so i have white brothers who literally texted me and said i'm sorry for what's going on i wish i i mean i wish it didn't happen and so i know i can't retaliate against all white people and then i know i can't retaliate against any white people based on race (coughs) that opposes the theology of men being created in god's image and so that's a that's a concept of systematic theology um and and so then another one And this one, this one's actually pretty simple. Isis is killing in the name of God. What God? Allah. Is God and Allah, is our God and our Savior the same God as Allah? No. And so bad theology leads them to a whole nother religion that then kills people in the name of their God. That's not the God we serve. And so that's a huge theology issue because that's at the nature and character of who God is. that They've gotten wrong.
1: What I love about what
0: you're saying is
1: all of this is going back to scripture. I think that's often a big disconnect when we think about theology. It's like mm-hmm. I gotta go read <laughs> Wayne Grudel or John Frame, uh Woot Woot, um or you know, Lewis Burkoff or something like that. But it's it's just doing theology is basically just reading the Bible and applying it. hmm So um Don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome it with good. Well, the application there is, well, if I'm going to overcome evil and justice, hate, it's going to be through doing the opposite of what's happening. It's going to be through doing what is good. So fantastic.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And just to to add to that just a little, um, because I didn't even think about this, but a character of God, God's wrath, in that same passage, vengeance is mine, says the Lord so you don't just have this loving god so when we preach that god is only really love in these situations people feel like why would god only be loving why would god only be loving towards these guys that have, are killing people well he's not only loving he he is loving and he is love but god is also <laughs> and he does have wrath and so there you have the hope that if these guys have have killed people and have bomb themselves in a suicide bombing, God is just and He's not gonna let that go unpunished. And so I mean you you have so much that you can really look at if you go to the Word. Yeah it's just um
1: and I baffle myself sometimes because I tell myself that just go to the word, go to the Word, go to the Word. And then I'm so inconsistent with it. You know? Yeah. That's uh frustrating. I understand um, that. So tell, tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about <coughs> um, maybe one of your favorite theological subjects or doctrines. Um, maybe explain it just a little bit to us. Nothing. I'm not looking for a big dissertation here or anything. Uh, and then just how you've applied it in life, maybe how you're currently applying it. Does um, that make sense?
0: It come as a surprise, but my favorite doctrine, is actually the Doctrine of Scripture, or Sola Scriptura. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that um, is because, number one, as a new believer, or as, a, as an unbeliever, I was reading the Scriptures, and that's how God uh, worked through His Spirit to save me. And so for me, the Scriptures are, are dear to me, but I don't want it, I don't want it to, to mean that they are my source of life, because Jesus says you search the Scriptures because you think in them you have life. But the reason the, the Doctrine of Scripture is my is my favorite doctrine or, or whatever is because it points me to God. And that when we're talking theology, if you don't get your theology from the Bible, then you're getting it from the world. Um, and so I'll just read a couple of little sentences from the uh, 1689 that discuss the Doctrine of Scripture. I kind of hit on them in my song, but I modified it to fit in the rhyme. But um, in Chapter 1 of, of the 1689, the Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men inexcusable, yet they are not sufficient to give knowledge of God and His will, which is necessary.
1: Think I may have lost you, Chris.
0: <clears throat> All right, you're back. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry about that that's okay but uh, so basically what it's saying there is is God has given us general revelation or, or the creation to tell us to show us who he is and to show us that there is a God but apart from Scripture um, general revelation is not saved, not enough to know his will and so for me the scriptures prove that because I knew there was a God I've never doubted that there was a God my entire life but I never knew the depth of the gospel until I open the scriptures. And so um, just another little section, because I could, I mean, I could read this and talk about it for days, but, uh, but then the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down or necessarily contained in the Holy Scripture. And so what that's saying, and and I'll read from the Bible itself, because I like to, um, I know those are, those are, Documents written by men, but they're based on the Word. But um, Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen is, is a verse that I mean, people know it. But um, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And so, what the Scriptures say about about itself and what these um, documents and the creed. <coughs> And the confessions they say about the scripture is that we need it to get saved, and we need it through every aspect of life because it's good for everything. It's good for telling us how to live. It's good to tell us how to grieve. It's good to tell us how to do ministry, for how to love our wives, how to raise our children, how to work. And so, I mean, there's no aspect of your life that you can't touch. And that—that's the sufficiency of Scripture. And also. Um, the clarity of Scripture, just the fact that anybody, whether you're black, white, theologian, um, unable to read, it's clear enough that anybody can hear to be saved and clear enough that anybody can hear to know God as he works in their hearts.
1: Yeah, it's a, um, we're going to take our teams at the church through uh, the spiritual disciplines by Don Whitney. We're starting tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it hit me once again. Reading through that, that if we want to grow in the Christian life, or as Paul puts it in Romans 8:29, to be conformed into the image of Jesus, we have to get into God's Word. It's impossible apart from it. and that's where everything you're talking about comes in. It's sufficient, it's clear, so it's sufficient for our growth. it'll clearly tell us how to grow. Um, that's a good one. you, you somewhat threw me for a loop.
0: Yeah, and I I threw myself for a loop. I was thinking regeneration, biblical theology. I I didn't really know, and then it was like, man, scripture. And, and I'll say, and I think the reason I I think it's my favorite is because I was talking to my wife about it. Every cult takes the scripture and twists it. The original t- sin was based on um, twisting of scripture. The temptation of Jesus was twisting of scripture. And so I've seen it a lot. I've run into sinless perfectionists, black Hebrew Israelites, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. And all these people are just taking the scriptures and, and twisting them. And so it's so important that we get it as right as possible with the help of the spirit. But also um, the reason I think scripture is my favorite doctrine is because it's the one that's the one thing Satan attacks the most. So you talk about struggling. Well, man, like Second Timothy 316 is right there. I know what it means. But there are so many days where I get up and I'm too, too busy to read or I'm too busy to study the word. And yet I know it's the most important thing. And so I know that that doctrine of scripture is something that I can't put in the back of my mind or else I'll start living like the world. Because once you drift away from scripture, you start to listen to everything else. Yeah, and I think you're you're right about Satan attacking
1: that the most um whether it be in our own lives i know even uh (laughs) with me and victoria here um we'll wake up early wake up on time so that we can do it and then both the girls wake up and it's like yeah you know why (laughs) why 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 is that happening it's like we're making the time you know but it it, you just have to make it happen
0: just get into it Some's better than none yep and um you you think about the spiritual um weaponry the sword of the the sword of the spirit is the word and so many times i catch myself having doubts and having fears and having anxiety and it's because i'm not i'm not picking up my sword to fight that battle um but it's like you said man like everything will happen so you don't get in the word
1: <laughs> yeah honestly it 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 feels like it's you against the the world sometimes Uh, or sometimes you against yourself, let's be honest, but, um, yeah, it's, it, you just have to fight for it. And I think it's, uh, we hear things like the spiritual disciplines and we don't like it, um, but you have, you you just have to be disciplined to do it. Just have to.
0: It's literally life.
1: It's literally life and death. I think just like you were talking about.
0: Yes. and, And it's, it's difficult too, because, um, we live in a we live in a grace culture which is good but sometimes that hard Holy Spirit driven pursuit of holiness and self-control and discipline can be called legalism yeah when really it's just we're not being lazy and idle
1: yes yeah I wholeheartedly agree yeah. we're off to a good start we're agreeing on everything because <laughs> <laughs> disagreement on these kind of things are never fun. So
0: yeah <laughs> We get to eschatology. Then we'll...
1: well, you know, I I think I know where I stand, but I'm always open to <laughs> a correction. So, um, anything else you want
0: to add? Um, I I don't really have anything specific. I just uh just thankful for this opportunity um, to to do ministry and to do theology. One of the biggest things I struggle with, and in, in uh, John Piper's book, Think, kind of helped me was I struggle with enjoying theology because a lot of times people treat theology as if it's a bad thing like I want a relationship not theology or I want to know God I don't want to know about God but I think the two go hand in hand and it's it's a hard balance and I I'll be saved ten years this year and I'm still fighting to learn the balance but um, just being able to be a part of this and to realize that there are other guys out there who eat up theology but are legit Christians and aren't academics and aren't stiff and dry in their faith. And, you know, it's just encouraging. And so um, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity.
1: Well, I
0: want to thank you for uh,
1: being willing to come on board and uh, for being excited about it. Those are uh, (laughs) (laughs) two things you never know if you're going to find. So, but yeah, Yeah. we're very excited to uh, have you on board. We'll do another one of these in August. Uh, We don't know what topic yet because I'm a, great planner. But uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So until next time, Chris, I think if you'll hang on for just a second, I'll stop this and then we'll uh, debrief for a moment. But thank you guys for watching. and
0: uh, Very glad to have uh, Chris on board.